Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of His word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, the experts in engaging children with the Word of God. Together, we will make sure you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Welcome to our podcast. This is episode 11. I'm your host, Corey Pennypacker. And I can't wait to dive into today's conversation. Did you ever wonder what religious liberties or freedoms your child has when sharing their faith in their public school? It's kind of confusing, right? What can they do? What can't they do? Matt Sharp, Senior Counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom, is with us to share three easy words to remember when it comes to our children's religious freedom in public schools. Speak, meet, and equal access. He will also give us tips to help us and others stay in their legal lane when it comes to faith and public school. All the great resources Matt talks about are on our show page, so check it out at BibleToSchool.com. Let's get ready to learn from Matt and join our conversation now. Well, welcome, Matt. We are so blessed to have you with us today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You've been a good friend and a supporter of Bible to School for a long time. Since we work with public schools and in this public school setting, we come to you with lots of questions. So we learn how to stay in our legal lane. And you're so helpful, such knowledge with this. I wanted our listeners to hear about this and especially about children's religious freedoms and liberties in our public schools. You're really good at it. You talk about it in layman's terms, which I love, uh, which I know our listeners are going to love. So but before we dive into that, Matt, uh, tell us about your family. How is everything going? And they're going to recognize you have a Southern accent. (laughs) That's right. I'm a (laughs) Southern boy through and through. Yeah, I've got a great family, married for 14 years and three incredible kids that are all in school. And we're just very blessed with just you know, even in the midst of kind of all the craziness with, with COVID and everything, it's been pretty normal. The school our kids go to is has kind of been trying to keep a, a normal educational environment for the kids, which I think is really in, important in the midst of all of this, just sort of prioritize that. But yeah, it's, it's really been a, a good experience overall. Cool. Very good. And you are a lawyer and your organization is called Alliance Defending Freedom. Tell us more about that. First of all, why did you become a lawyer? A little boy growing up, what got you into being a lawyer? Yeah, a very unconventional path. So I'm a pastor's kid. I really had no desire to go into the ministry or anything like that. And so went to school and just got a business degree and thought, you know, I'll figure out sort of a good generic degree. And my very last year in college, I had to take a business law class. And absolutely loved it and had a great professor that pulled me aside one day and said, have you considered law school? And immediately I was like, mm. no, lawyers, they're terrible people. You know, they've got a no, they're not. bad reputation. <laughs> and uh, he said, I really think you ought to, you know, reconsider that. And so over the next couple of months, he kind of, you know, mentored me and talked with me about it and really got excited about the idea of going to law school. And in the midst of all of that was also having really trying to figure out, OK, if that's what I'm going to do. What am I going to do with it? 
after I started law school, my one of my family members handed me a magazine article, and it was talking about this group called, uh, then we were named Alliance Defense Fund. Uh, now we're Alliance Defending Freedom. But they had this summer program for law students, for Christian law students that wanted to learn about defending the faith and standing up for free speech and religious liberty. And it immediately, you know, you just kind of feel that moment when the Holy Spirit, like, yep. you know, go that direction, Matt. Mm-hmm. And I applied for it. And, and that really started me down the path of becoming part of Alliance Defending Freedom. And so I practiced in Nashville for a few years, but then I uh, eventually was able to, to join Alliance Defending Freedom full time doing religious liberty issues, public school issues, and, and ultimately getting connected to groups like uh, Bible to Schools. Great. Great. Well, tell us about Alliance Defending Freedom. What, what is a national organization, right? That's right. So we are a nonprofit legal organization that defends religious liberty, life, marriage, and the family, uh, and free speech. We're nonprofit, which means all the cases we do are pro bono. So we're able to help people, give them legal advice, represent them in defending their freedoms for free of charge. And by God's grace, he's, he's really given us a lot of success. We've had over a dozen cases we've won at the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, numerous in lower courts across the country um, and really been able to do a lot of education as well. And that's one of the things I really love about the job is being able to work with people and help them understand their rights and even work with with school officials and others that may just have some confusion about what the law says or have gotten some bad advice in the past. So a lot of what we do is helping clarify that um, right. because I want not only people of faith to be able to to live out their faith and do so boldly and with confidence of what their rights are, but I want those in charge. I want our government leaders to know those rights and to actually help us defend them, to actually be strong advocates to say, yes, you do have the right to you know, share your faith at school or whatever it may be. And so I love that aspect of what ADF does, of not just the litigation and fighting for these in the courtroom, but really doing the education as well. To avoid the, the courtroom. You want to educate everybody to avoid it, right? Exactly right. Cool. Well, our kids are in, so we're going to talk a lot about kids here at You Can Tell the Children. So our kids are in full swing at school. And since, you know, faith is part of their lives and it's such a difficult thing to understand, just what you said, what can children do in school? What can't they do to share their faith? You know, what a teacher can do, what they can't do according to the law. It's confusing. And then there's, of course, separation of church and state comes in there. We, we hear that a lot at Bible to School. So what are the religious freedoms that our children do have in the public school setting, Matt? I usually like to describe it with three words, the right to speak, the right to meet, and the right to equal treatment. So I can unpack those a little bit. The right to speak. Well, this is the right to share your faith, to talk about your views about religion, not just in conversations in the hallways or, you know, lunchroom, but even in class. Uh, So one of the things we tell students is if you've got a class assignment that's asking your views on a particular subject or maybe, uh, you know, writing about a historical figure that's been influential to you, students have the right to incorporate their own faith into those assignments. Uh, As long as they're meeting the other requirements, you know, page length and all of that stuff, they can include their faith in those assignments and those classroom discussions. But the right to speak doesn't just mean what you say orally or what you write down. It also includes things like being able to hand out flyers, uh, hand out invitations to a release time class or uh, to a church event, or even wear clothing that expresses a religious message. So that's sort of everything encompassed within that idea that students do have the right to speak at school, to share their views. And really the only limitation is you can't disrupt the class. 
So I can't stand up in the middle of math class and begin sharing with people about Jesus. That would disrupt the ability of the teacher to teach. But outside of sort of that narrow limit, students really have a broad right to to speak and share their faith at school. Well, it's funny you say that because for Bible to School, for our, we actually have student invitations. It looks like birthday card invitations that we developed and programs hand them out. And if they they can't do it, they can't hand up birthday cards and things like that out, invitations out during school, they can't do it for Bible school either. They could do it at the end, the rules at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day. You, you follow the rules of the school, but you still can share, you know, things like that and, ha- and still speak, like you said. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And even with that, we've seen some schools try and say, well, we don't allow anyone to hand out any invitations. And there's actually been some court cases that say you can't restrict it that far. There always has to be some time. And like you said, it could be before school, after mm-hmm. school, in between right. classes. They can impose sort of reasonable time limits. But there has to be some opportunity for students to be able to hand out invitations to Bible to schools and, and other things like that. Now, you said that the other thing that you talked about was uh, meet. So talk, talk to That's us right. about that. So this is the idea of being able to meet together with others that share your faith and either start clubs or pray together. So, for example, uh, many schools, uh, uh, as they start back, students will organize things like see you at the mm-hmm. poll where they'll go before the start of the school day, gather around the flagpole and pray for their fellow students, their teachers and their school. And the Constitution protects that right because the right to speak doesn't just mean I get to speak, but it actually means I get together with others and we get to speak together to, to amplify our message. But it also means students have the right to form clubs. So a lot of times in schools, you'll have students form a Bible club or a other thing to express their views. And Students have the right to do that, to be able to gather together and meet with other students, share their faith. We've even seen instances where students were starting kind of prayer gatherings during lunchtime. So students were allowed to, you know, roam around the school during that time, be in the cafeteria out in the courtyard. And we actually had a student out in Colorado that just felt, hey, I'd, I'd like to get together and pray. And so he and a couple of buddies did it. And over the next three years, their little small gathering grew to over 90 kids meeting together during lunch to pray for one another, to encourage one another. And it's one of those where the school tried to shut it down. And we sent a demand letter. That didn't work. We filed a lawsuit and ultimately got the school to do the right thing and recognize, yes, students do have the right to meet Mm -hmm. together during these free times to encourage one another and pray together. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. My dad is in jail. Can I be mad or do I have to forgive? Our children think and feel deeply about what is happening in their lives. And when they pose a multi-layered question such as this one, it can take us by surprise. To answer a question like this, take it one step at a time. Be curious but gentle by asking questions about the situation. There's an element of emotion here, so take the time to unpack and explore those emotions, which honors how God made us. After the child has had a chance to give more detail and emotions are laid out, you can then turn to the Bible with the child and tell them that because God forgave us, we can forgive each other, but sometimes that takes time. Explore together what God has to say about forgiveness and anger. Help the child determine their next steps. Offer to pray with them about this and be sure to check in with them in the near future to gauge how God is working on their heart and offer tender encouragement. And and back to your idea about uh, educating. Uh, What we have found when 
schools have said, well, you can't hand out invitations or you can't do this. Or like this in Colorado, you said that you can't do this. They don't know the law. Like we really are approaching people. And I, I would uh, encourage anybody out there, I think you would too, is to approach people like, I'm sorry, you don't understand this. It's not that they're, you know, after you or anything like that. It, it's more of, hey, you know, we're just need, wanting to stay in our legal lane and we want you to stay in your legal lane too. We care about you that much. We want to partner with you. Yeah. You know, one thing I tell school officials is th they're concerned about getting sued. Sure. That, that's what sure. a lot of yeah. them operate. It's like, oh, if yeah. we do this, we're going to get sued. And what we try and tell them is, look, the, like you said, the best place for you to be is to operate legally. And that means respecting student speech rights, respecting the right to meet, because then you're not going to get, you know, legal trouble from our side. You're not going to get it from those that may be opposed to that. It's the sweet spot where you're saying we let free speech thrive at our school. We let religious exercise thrive at our school. We're not going to promote it, but we're not going to stop it either. We're going to let students decide for themselves. And that's the real sweet spot for school officials to be in. And, and as you said, if we can educate on them and help them feel comfortable, show them, here's the court cases that have said this is legally required and that you're not going to get sued if you do this. A lot of times that solves a lot of issues and really puts school officials at ease and lets students know that they are then welcome to, to engage in their First Amendment rights right, at school. Right. Wow, that's good stuff. Well, the other thing that people have a, a misconception about is separation of church and state. Can you explain that to us? So the separation of church and state is found nowhere in our Constitution. Uh, you can read it and double check it. Where it comes from was actually a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to a group of Dansbury Baptists. And they were expressing concern not about religion influencing government, but actually government controlling religion, government telling churches and ministries and religious organizations what they can and cannot do when it comes to how they live out their faith. And so Thomas Jefferson was assuring them, we are erecting a wall between church and state to make sure that the state, the government, doesn't come in and interfere with what you are doing. It was never meant to prohibit religious people from influencing government, from religious individuals being part of schools and sharing their faith at school, and even organizations like Bible to Schools being able to work with students to, to provide release time Bible education. This was very much meant to be a one-way protection of church being protected from state, not the other way around. And so there's actually been some really great court cases, even from the Supreme Court, sort of pushing back against some of that misinformation about the so-called separation of church and state. Right. And I tell you what, they, it is so prevalent that people think that way when it, it was, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. So but the other thing when you said about speaking and meeting, the third thing could get them in trouble with church and state is that is that they're not being across the board. They're not being fair with everybody. And it looks like they are pushing something else. Right. Yeah, that's right. It's the idea of equal treatment, that you have to treat everybody the same. Uh, so we see that come up often with clubs where They'll have sort of two tiers of clubs. They'll have mm -hmm. the favored clubs that get a lot of the benefits, being able to make announcements. And then you have the second tier that often religious organizations get pushed down into and they get denied and say, well, you can't make announcements about a prayer gathering. It's absolutely false. The sweet spot for schools is, again, to treat everybody the same. You're not favoring religion. You're not disfavoring religion. You are maintaining the proper separation to say, we're not going to tell you what to do. We're not going to inhibit what you can and cannot do, but we're going to treat you the same as any other student, any other student club on campus, and give you those same rights that we're giving to others. Good stuff, Matt. Well, 
you've alluded to the release time law. I know you're an expert on it. So that's what Bible to School operates on. We are we're able to do this because of that. Can you explain to our listeners your take on the release time law and what, what you think about that? Yeah. Release time is a very well-established legal right that even the Supreme Court has ruled on. And it all flows from a simple idea. Parents have the right to be able to direct the education and upbringing of their children. And that includes the right to make sure their kids get religious education. You learn math, you learn science, you learn reading. But for many people, they say it is as important, Mm. perhaps more important, that they learn about Jesus Christ and learn about the Bible. But as we said, there's there's limits on what government-run schools can do. They have to be neutral towards religion. And so the idea of release time is, okay, since the government-run schools can't promote religion, can't teach, you know, Christianity, not just as a uh, sort of neutral perspective on it, but actually like promoting it and saying, yeah, we want you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where release time programs come in. They're able to provide that and parents can say, all right, during this seven hour school window, I want part of that to be for religious instruction. And so we're Mm -hmm. going to release them to go to a program like Bible to Schools to get this vital instruction that we want our kids to have, that we want to be part of that education. And the Supreme Court has given it a strong thumbs up saying, yes, as long as the school is not getting too involved with it, the school is not entangling itself, trying to control what's being taught or things like that. But we are sort of keeping the school's hands off of it then it is legally sound, permissible. And that's why we've seen many states not only just permit it, but actually several states passing laws saying you must allow release time. You must allow parents to be able to give permission for their kids to participate in these important programs. Because it's from the Supreme Court, right? It's it's national. It's in every state. That's exactly right. Wow. Well, now our listeners, they are moms, dads, grandparents, Sunday school teachers, you're talking about these three things, speak, meet, and third one? Equal treatment. Equal treatment. Keep those things in mind when you're advising your children about sharing and, and all those things and inviting them to things. One, I know one thing we had was uh, Halloween. All the holidays are coming up, and those are always fun topics for people because they want to stay away from Jesus at Christmas, and it was his birthday. I don't understand that. But but even Halloween, I we had a, a mom who handed out candy at school. You know, that's a big thing. I'll, I, that one of my kids, man, we had to get the right candy when you, when you hand it out at Halloween, the best candy. But she put a Bible verse in there, her little daughter's favorite Bible verse. She put it in there. Is that legal to do that? Absolutely, it is. As I remind people, you think of a lot of, we've seen it with Halloween things, with with Valentine's cards. They have messages on them. They may be messages about love, or in the case of Halloween, they may be kind of, you know, scary messages or, you know, trick or treat or things like that. And to say, sorry, you can have all these other messages, but you can't have a religious message. Well, that's that denial of equal treatment. You're now treating people of faith worse than others. So yes, you can include religious messages on those Halloween treats or other things that parents give to their kids to hand out to their classmates. What's some advice you have for parents if they run into people who are not, you know, or don't know that they, you have these rights, how, how should they approach them, Matt? How how does it work? So I, I usually give three steps for people to follow. Number one is Get very educated yourself. And I'm glad Mm. we're doing this podcast so people know their rights. But we've got other resources on our ADF website. It's adflegal.org, where you can learn about what are students' rights at school, 
to know the cases and to have very simple, straightforward explanations. Once you're equipped and you know it, number two, meet with school officials. A lot of times those face-to-face -face meetings or Zoom meetings, if, if that's necessary, and having those conversations and just saying, look, I think my child has a right to do this, to, to share their faith, to start this club, to do whatever, and provide some of these resources with them. Most of the time that resolves everything. That's what school officials are looking for, just that assurance. But if the school officials dig in their heels, and unfortunately sometimes they do, that's where ADF gets involved. And that's where they can reach out to us and we can, sometimes it gets resolved with a letter. Sometimes it takes a little more than that and perhaps legal action. But our goal in all of this is simply to secure these fundamental rights, to secure these constitutional rights. Because the way we view them, it's not just a matter of free speech for free speech's sake, although that's a good thing. But we recognize lives can be changed by this. These conversations, that invitation can have eternal consequences. In fact, one of the first cases I did at ADF, a girl was wanting to invite schoolmates to a church event, and the school said no. We filed a lawsuit and secured her rights. But the most important part is after that, she was able to invite some friends to church. And those friends and their families ended up becoming Christians. And that's ultimately what this is about, is making sure people can keep the door open for the spread of the gospel. Wow. Good stuff, Matt. Thank you so much for spending time with us and educating us. And you're always available to Bible to School to answer questions. We really appreciate the work you and ADF is doing. ADFlegal.org. There you go. ADFlegal.org. Thank you, Matt, for your time. And uh, hey, keep on doing what you're doing. We really appreciate the support. And, and now we know we have, we have free speech and our, our children have free speech and we can share the gospel in public schools and in our legal lane, right? That's right. And appreciate what you and your organization are doing as well as equipping these kids with that gospel for them to share in schools. All right. Amen. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Every time I talk with Matt, I learn a lot. And I hope you did too. And if you enjoyed this episode, can you do a few things to help us get the word out? Go ahead and click on the subscribe button or click to share this episode with a friend or leave a review for us on Apple Podcast. That's how you can help us grow organically or make our day and do all three. If you're interested in exploring a release time program, which is a Bible class during your child's public school day, like Matt talked about, feel free to contact us through our website at BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com. Thanks for being with us. Next time, we'll be talking to an experienced mom and Bible to School teacher, Meredith Steidler, about her favorite lesson to teach her children in her circle of influence. And she's using easy items from home. You won't want to miss it. See you next time.